I don't care who, what, where, when is working against me. I know God is working for me. And though the devil would try to manipulate and try to incite division and ugliness, I'm looking for the good in the middle of the bad. This is what enables me to live a victorious Christian life. They can dump all over me. And I can... Oh, it might take me sometimes. I get, folks, it might take me sometimes. I got to work my way up out of bed. But just soon my eyeball gets up there and says, Oh, I can see what God's going to do. But you know why that happens? Because I have made it a habit. And over the years, it has become the attitude of my heart and the strongest key that your pastor has in living a victorious Christian life. Let me say this. You can set the whole of what you do and what you are simply by the choices you choose to make. I can get consumed by the bad or I can stand firm on the good. Welcome to the Destined to Win podcast with pastor and teacher Tim Masters. Pastor Tim is the senior pastor of Victorious Life Christian Center in Flagstaff, Arizona. I'm Joe Harding, inviting you to join us for worship services Sunday mornings at 10 at 2615 East 7th Avenue across from Cal Ranch. For more information on the ministries of Victorious Life Christian Center or to make a donation, visit us online at vlccaz.org. That's vlccaz.org. Now, with today's message, here's Pastor Tim Masters. Are we living what we say we believe? Look at me, please, before you get all enamored by your notes. The world is sick and tired of of hearing Christians. We've all heard the statement, words are cheap. And there's so many Christians that are Christian by lip only. I love my, my friend, Russ Miller. He goes all over the world proclaiming that this book we say we believe, we really believe. Matter of fact, he goes toe-to-toe with people, said, you know, if you believe in a different Jesus than the one that was, the one that is, the one that is to come, the one that created everything. Matter of fact, Jesus himself said, if you don't believe in what Moses wrote, you ain't going to believe in me, and guess what? You're not going to have any hope. The world is tired of hearing Christians. Are we living what we say we believe? Are we? I have made it a habit. I get people tell me stuff all the time about people. I watch people. I see people. I have been pastoring for a long time. And I've heard the Christian. And every one of us have weaknesses. Look at somebody and said, he knows me. 
ever, your pastor included. Can I tell you something? I don't look for weaknesses. All I got to do is meet you, and I find it. When I meet, you know the very first thing I start looking for? Strengths. I could go through this building, and most all y'all I know intimately. First name, I know relationship, relationally, and I can point out your strengths. Well, Pastor, what about my weakness? What about them? God said he does a job. He does an inside job. And he's working out what he's working in. So the weakness, Paul said, hey, God said, while I'm weak, he's strong. And if I allow my weakness to go to his strength, pretty soon I'm not going to be weak in that area anymore. Am I making any sense? On the screen, this, this, I'm going to talk about me for a minute. I have made it a habit. And I have found it instrumental in my Christian walk to look for the best in the worst of situations. I don't, it doesn't matter to me, ladies and gentlemen, how bad a situation. I am digging and scouring for the good. Because I know God is working for me. I don't care who, what, where, when is working against me. I know God is working for me. And though the devil would try to manipulate and try to incite division and ugliness, I'm looking for the good in the middle of the bad. This is what enables me to live a victorious Christian life. They can dump all over me. And I can, oh, it might take me sometimes. I get, folks, it might take me sometimes. I got to work my way up out of bed. But just soon my eyeball gets up there and says, oh, I can see what God's going to do. But you know why that happens? Because I have made it a habit. And over the years, it has become the attitude of my heart and the strongest key that your pastor has in living a victorious Christian life. Let me say this, and it's on the screen. You can set the whole of what you do and what you are simply by the choices you choose to make. I can get consumed by the bad, or I can stand firm on the good. And can I tell you something? Everything that's good is not God. The devil loves to bring some of that flowery looking stuff up. Like I said, the world is tired of hearing Christians. And they're piercing right through there to say, what the heck are you really? I remember when I first started pastoring back in Tyler, Texas. I was excited. I was going out back there. I was going to start a church just like this one. My wife and I, 10 years ago in January, started this church with just the two of us, just her and I. And look what God has done. Okay? Well, I did the same thing. You know, uh, we did the same thing way back yonder, back in the uh, early 80s. Went to Tyler, Texas. And I was all excited. I'm going to start a church. It's first, my first dance. I'm going to start a church. I went back there and I was filling out papers and renting a 
a, a house and I was trying to get situated. And, and I told the woman at the mortgage place, I said, we're coming back here. I'm a pastor and we're coming back here to start a church. She said, uh, do you have any other credibility? I said, I'm a pastor. She said, uh, okay, that doesn't really hold a lot of weight. I'm in, I'm in Texas, folks. Everything in Texas is saved. I remember I had this conversation. I'm driving across Texas. How many ever drove across Texas? Three days later, you're still driving across Texas. Okay? I'm driving across Texas, and I'm having this conversation with God. And I'm saying, God, what am I coming to Texas for? My goodness, everything in Texas is saved. The cows are saved. I mean, it's just, I'm just thinking everything. And you know, God spoke to me. God spoke to me, and this has become the instrument of my life. He said these words, if you'll love them, I'll change them. You can't love if you can't see. You can't love if all you can do is talk. You got to be sometimes able to love the unlovable because only then you can do the undoable. And there's people that people have told me over the years, why don't you just give up on them? Just throw them aside. And I look at them, got a little shaking in my eye, getting a little ticked off at them. And I said, aren't you? And and I'll tell them sometimes when they got that real attitude, I say, "Uh, did God give up on you? Look at somebody and say, thank God he didn't give up on me. Jimmy Cody, you and me on the same page there? Oh, thank God he didn't give up on me. I know Evan's back there shouting. Oh. He said, if you'll love him, I'll change him. So my attitude, the choices that I make in life, Every single day. Doesn't mean I don't mess up, don't mean I don't fall short, but the choices I make every day in my life are striving to see the best. I'm going to help you to see this morning how to see the best in the worst. Are you ready? Quickly, in your notes, it's on the screen. Look at this Ephesians chapter 4. Be made new in the attitude of your minds. Romans chapter 12. It says, Do not be conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. One more, Philippians chapter 2. Your attitude should be the same as that of Christ Jesus our Lord. The Bible over and over and over tells us to be renewed in our minds. And people have asked me many, many times over the years, how do you do that? We just opened up what we call the Genesis Room uh, over here. It's a place where we're going to be just developing people, you know, teaching people the the beginning of God's glory and the beginning of the work that God wants to do. One of the things that we're doing is our our Wednesday evening Bible class we have in that that building. Uh, Just two doors down, uh, we're believing God that pretty soon it'll be next door. Pastor, how are we going to do that? The same way we did the rest of it. God's going to have to supply. And so uh, 
we did that, and I was having a conversation, not a conversation, I got an email or a text from a young man the other day. And a few years ago, I did on our Wednesday night, I did a class on how to study the Bible. Anybody remember that class? Okay, I took you into the Greek, I took you into the Hebrew, I took you into lexicons, into interlinear Bibles, I took you into different uh, structures on how to study God's Word, to make sure you're studying God's Word. Because folks, I don't need outside books to study God's Word, God's Word studies God's Word. Okay? And that's what the Bible says. It's not of a private interpretation. Matter of fact, when you start pulling Scripture, well, that's what I think it says. I don't give a flip what you think. What does it say? Well, how do I know what it says? God's Word is going to always agree with God's Word. And if it says something over here that doesn't agree with something over there, guess what? It's not God. God never condones what His Word condemns. So, the thing that I try to express is we did that class, and I got this little text from, from a friend of mine the other day, and it was just intriguing. The majority of Christians don't have a clue how to study God's Word. And so you know what? I'm going to start. It's going to take me a little bit of effort. It's going to, a lot of effort. It's going to take more time. We're going to start a class that I am personally going to teach you how to study God's Word. Okay? And I am, going to, I am going to take you into how I study and, and uh, show you God's Word, and it's going to come alive to you. It's going to be so exciting. We're going to do that, okay? And, and just believing God that God is going to do incredible things developing people's lives. we got lots of different things that we're going to do in that room, but that's one of the things that I personally I'm going to do. Second thing that I am going to personally do is I am going to become a pastoral mentor to all that would like to come. I don't know what night of the week. My wife's shuddering back there. She said, honey, how many nights in the week do we have? Some, someday I'm going to do a personal uh, where we're going to open it up and I'm going to start mentoring people how to be leaders, how to be the men and women of God that God wants them to be, beyond just coming to church, but becoming the church. Can somebody say amen? amen. So I, I, we just got to grow people, folks. Jesus is coming. We, Jesus is coming. And so we've got to renew our minds, the attitude of our minds. We have to take and get this place. There's a quote that uh, uh, I don't remember exactly who said it, but look what it says. What lies behind us and what lies before us is little compared to what lies within us. Folks, the giant before you is never as big as the God inside of you. You can do all things, but you've got to believe what you say you believe and start living it. So let me ask you a pointed question. It's in your notes. I know you believe that God can do anything, but what do you believe God will do in and through you? See, the view that you have of God is the engine that determines the mental, physical, emotional, and even spiritual well-being of your life simply because of the attitude you have chosen to have. When I'm going through stuff, I can develop an attitude, life sucks. 
Can I say that in church? I, yeah, I just did, didn't I? Yeah. I can, I can, or I can sit down and say, okay, God, I guess I'm going through it. You didn't tell me to pitch a tent and live in it. You see that, that statement that I just made? The attitude we have chosen. I've made a statement for many, many years. Anybody can choose where you're going to be born. Anybody can choose where you're going to live. But only you can choose how you're going to live. I'm either going to live victorious or defeated. Well, isn't there a third choice? Nope. Well, I'm just going to kind of, you know, just kind of pull back a little bit. Then you're defeated. Well, I'm just not going to make a decision. Did you know indecision is a decision? Ecclesiastes chapter 3, look what the Word of God says. He made everything, say that with me, everything beautiful in His time. You mean even the ugly I'm facing is going to be pretty? Yeah. How many, you ever said, you know, uh, life's a bed of roses? Anybody ever pulled the petals back on a rose and see what's underneath it? There's a whole bunch of thorns. Life might be a bed of roses, but every once in a while you turn just the wrong way or you take just the wrong turn, you're going to be poked a little bit. The reality of your life and mine is God said, I'll make it beautiful. And the reason we can have confidence, because he already wrote that in our hearts. He put eternity in our hearts. But here's the part that I want you to look at. Yet, they cannot fathom what God has done from the beginning to the end. That's the struggle we have. Why am I dealing with this? Anybody but me know what I'm talking about. Why am I going through this, God? Now, folks, let let me share something with you. I'm okay with going through things. I don't like going through things. I'm living for God. I'm a man of God. I'm a child of God. I don't mind going through things. But every once in a while, I'll sit back and say, God, I don't get it. Why am I going through this? I'm doing my best, and you're letting the devil do his worst. What in the world gives? You say, Pastor, you can talk to God like that? Yeah. The Bible says I can, so... And then I get people say, well, I'm just mad at God. I'm not going to live for God anymore. Stupid says what? (laughs) Don't worry, Michael. It gets gets rougher from here. (laughs) Oh, by the way, Jasmine, if I know your name, you're part of the sermon. I just get you. I just met them this morning. They're visitors with Will, and they're just here. Now they're part of the sermon. Say hi, Michael and Jasmine. Hi, Michael. Think about it. Think about it. I I don't know why I'm going through this. But I am. So what do I do? Do I give in, give out, or give up? Or do I look up and say, okay, God, I guess i got to put my big boy fill in the blank. (laughs) And just, what do you think, Chris? Just roll it up and fight? How many fighters in here do we have? 
We fight all kinds of stuff. Why don't we fight the devil for a while? Why don't we start living what we say we believe? And I love the way that Solomon ended that passage. I know there's nothing better for men than to be happy and do good while they live. You mean even in the bad stuff, I need to be happy? Yeah. Oh, I'm not happy for what I'm going through. But I'm happy that God, for whatever reason, he's letting me go through this. And on the other side, I'm going to be looking good. 2 Corinthians chapter 4. We don't lose heart. Though outwardly, we're wasting away. Inwardly. Outwardly, we're wasting away. Inwardly. Did you see that? Outwardly, we're wasting away. But inwardly, what's happening? We're getting renewed. Day by day. And then I want you to read this next. It's all in blue. All y'all look at the screen. Don't look at your notes. Look at the screen. I want you to read this out loud. Because right now your spirit is going to convince you what you're going through. It is as bad as you have made it. Okay. Are you ready? Go. For our light and momentary troubles. Oh, stop. How many think what you're going through is light? Now, some of you have been going through things for years. How many wonder why it doesn't seem like it's momentary? You see, folks, in light of eternity, it's just a moment. And in light of Calvary, it ain't light. It ain't heavy at all. It's light. Folks, don't... Let's go on. Are achieving for us an external glory that far outweighs them all. All the troubles. All the God is working an eternal glory. And then I didn't do this, but I want you to underline the next phrase. So we fix our eyes not on what we see but on what is unseen. For we know the seen is temporary, but the unseen is eternal. Folks, that's worth the whole price of admission right there. Light affliction. My yoke is easy. My burden is light, Jesus said. You say, well, Pastor, what I'm carrying sure doesn't feel light to me, then you're not carrying what the Lord gave you to carry. You're carrying something somebody else gave you to carry. Stop listening to what they're saying. And get your focus on what is not seen, on what is eternal. Can somebody say amen? To live... It took me all that time to get to point one. To live a victorious life, your perspective has to change. Let me change that word perspective. Bob, you ready? You ready? It's called stinking thinking. 
And I know that sounds, Pastor, that sounds kind of crude. What else could you call the stuff that comes from hell? But smelly, stinking. Is making your whole life not smell like it's supposed to. Not be like it's supposed to. And folks, can, can I tell you something? It's our choice that got us there. Because we chose to grab it. Man, it's getting quiet. I must be hitting home here. There, there's a statement that I've made for many, many years. Many things in life are bothersome, but why do they only bother some? Why what bothers Bob doesn't bother Lucinda? Why what bothers Chris doesn't bother Jenny? Why what bothers Dale doesn't bother Tim? Because they made a choice to let it bother them. It's the same situation. It's the same circumstance. Why is it that he or she can go through it and you live in it? Am I making any sense? You see... You and I, ladies and gentlemen, have to start living what we say we believe. Living a victorious Christian life is a choice. It doesn't happen just because you're a Christian. Look what it says in Ephesians chapter 2. Look at this. We are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for what? How many are doing good works? How many are just kind of molly-grubbing in the bad stuff? Okay, He said the good stuff, which he prepared before you were ever saved. People ask me, well, how do I know I'm doing the will of God? Are you living for him? Have you given your life to him? Then if you're doing that, then you're walking in what he prepared for you. Well, it does, does seem that way. That's because it's not what you think he's prepared for you. See, all of us got it all figured out how God's going to do this thing, don't we? Look at somebody and says, he knows me pretty good, doesn't he? Folks, we got it all figured. Well, if I'm a Christian, this is the way it's going to be. Show me chapter and verse on that. You know why you can't? Because the way he said it's going to be might be filled with struggle, might be filled with difficulty, might be filled with all kinds of perplexities. We've been used to going to church and, and people tell, well, this, you know, if you're living in God, he's just going to be. Now, folks, it's going to be that, but it may not be until you get to heaven. Right now, we might be going through momentary afflictions. Well, I didn't want to beat the light part in there too much. Think it not strange, the fiery trial. Am I, are, are you with me? He said, God wants us. So scripture, teach. All that is in the flesh is a result of the carnal mind and the worldly attitude we have decided to yield ourselves 
Anybody ever read the book of Galatians? Chapter 5 is an incredible book. Incredible chapter. There's two things in that chapter that just, when I, when I first got saved, was mystifying to me until God started just giving me a simple understanding. The two things in that chapter starts around verse 21, 20, um, goes about 23, 24. Uh, I'm a pastor, not a concordance, so I can't tell you exactly the scriptures, but it talks about two things. It talks about the work of the flesh and the fruit of the Spirit. Let me decipher. Work is something you do. Fruit is something he do. Work. The work. I think I always thought that was... I get it, God. The work of the flesh. If I got those things happening in my life, that means I'm the one doing it. Oh, no, 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 no. It's not the devil. It's you and me. The fruit of the Spirit, look at this. That's the seeds God birthed in you beforehand. Those seeds, God said, they reproduce after their kind. And if you want to see the work of God, then you've got to walk in the fruit of God and say, God, I'm going to crucify the flesh and I'm going to exalt the Spirit. And you know what happens when the Spirit gets lifted up? The fruit starts coming forth. Can somebody say amen? My perspective has to change. Romans chapter 8, look at this. For those who live according to the flesh. We were just talking about that, weren't we? That work stuff. I love God. He just puts it right where it belongs. And you say, well, pastor, why why does God put it back on our shoulders? Because he wants you to realize he's got bigger shoulders and he don't want you to deal with it. That's why he said, cast all your cares on me. Look what it says here. Look look what it says there in in Romans chapter 8. Look what it says. Oh, this is good stuff. Those who live according to the flesh. What have they done? They set their minds on the things of the flesh. You wonder why? You got some of the struggles, the difficulties, the frustrations, the perplexities. Where's your mind? Where is your mind? Well, I can't help it. It's just, it's, it's there. Yes, you can help it. If anyone is in Christ, he is a... You have the authority. You have the mind of Christ. We just still have this other perspective that we have to keep casting down. He said... They set their minds on the things of the flesh. But those who live according to the Spirit, those who live a victorious Christian life, you know what? No matter what the bad is, they're seeing the good. And they're walking according to the Spirit. They're walking through it. Overcoming it. Because they came over to the winning side. This is what Paul said in in Acts chapter 27. He said, you know, we're, we're going through this problem on this boat. 
we got to struggle. But look what he says here. He said, the God to whom I belong and I serve. So don't be afraid. I'm going to get you through this. You see, ladies and gentlemen, when you believe God, it's on the screen. The next slide, Jeff, please. When you believe God, it doesn't necessarily change the circumstances, but it will change you. When you believe God, it doesn't necessarily change the circumstances. He didn't keep them out of the fiery furnace, folks. He just said, those ropes that got you in there, I'm going to break off. And when you come out, you ain't going to smell like you were even there. He didn't keep Daniel out of the lion's den. Folks, can I tell you something? He shut the mouth of lions. He is very able to shut lion mouths. I don't care what they say. I care what he say. Okay? It may not change the circumstance, but it will change you. Winston Churchill, this is not in your notes, but uh, you, you need to hear it and you need to write it down. Winston Churchill, well, the, 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 you know, the guy that really was the one that God used to save England from ultimate destruction, he said these words, I no longer listen to what people say. I watch what they do. Behavior never lies. If you're a Christian and you espouse that to people, do me a favor, don't unless you're going to live like you really believe it. Because they want to know. They're hoping what you have is real. They're hoping what I have is real. Just quickly, to live a victorious Christian life, not only does our perspective have to change, our decisions have to change. We have to stop looking at what we're looking at and start lifting our eyes a little bit higher. You can look at the problems or you can lift your eyes and look at the promise. Ephesians 4, 22, put off concerning your former conduct. Put off consuming, concerning your former conduct. We're waiting for God to change all of this stuff. And what's God say? You stop it. Remember the adulterous woman? He didn't say, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to box you all up and put you in a little hole someplace to where you can't do this anymore. He said, stop it. Go and sin no more. I, I remember the man, the man. We're, we're always, folks, oh. I've been pastoring for a long time and, and just trying to help people grab a hold of this, this little simple truth. We're all waiting for God to do something. Can I tell you something? God did everything he's going to do 2,000 years ago at Calvary. And he said, who the sun sets free is free indeed. If you're in me, you're free. But we're waiting on, remember the guy at the pool of Bethesda? Remember that guy? He's there, and all of a sudden, Jesus shows up. Can I tell you when Jesus shows up, you ought to look up and shut up. Okay? Yes, Lord. Jesus shows up, and, and, the, and the, man, the man's looking at him, and he says, what you doing laying here? Well, you know, every time that you know, the water gets troubled, you know, and somebody gets in there before me, you know, I've been laying here a long time, God. I just can't do what everybody else can do. I'm not, I'm not a smart I'm not as, as educated. I'm not. A, I'm not. Remember that shut up part? Yeah. 
But you and I do that all the time. We're always telling God why we can't. Okay, maybe I'm just talking about me. We're always telling God why we can't. You know what he told the guy with the bed? He, oh, you poor little thing. Oh, I understand completely. You poor little pussy. I hope that word means something nice because I've, I've heard it in nice terms, so I'm hoping. I, you know what Jesus said? He said, do you want to be whole? Do you want to be changed? Do you want to stop doing what you've been doing? Then get your butt up, pick up your bed, and start walking. Now, I know that's not good English, but it's good preaching. Stop making excuses why it can't happen or it hasn't happened and own this puppy and say, okay, God, you talking, I'm walking. Let's go for it. Come somebody get amen. Well, we've got to, ladies and gentlemen. Our decisions have to change. William James is on the screen. Look at this. The greatest discovery of my generation is that human beings can alter the course of their lives by altering the attitude of their minds. Colossians chapter 2. Set your minds on the things above, not on earthly things. As the worship team comes, God chooses what we go through, ladies and gentlemen, in life for Him. It is you and I that have to choose how we go through it. You want to live a victorious Christian life? It's time to make a decision. I'm going to be a victorious Christian. We have to change the way we see things. The problem we have is we're seeing exactly what we expect and we prepare ourselves to see. Can I tell you something? If you're not looking for good in people, why do you think it's strange that you can't find it? I'm always looking for, even the ones that do bad to me, I'm thinking, God, there's some good in here someplace. I don't know where it's at. Pastor Ray and Bev invited my wife and I to go to See the new Lion King. I kind of like Lion King. But Pastor Ray took me aside before we went in there. And in not so many words, he said, I heard you talk in movies. He didn't say anything, but he gave me that look. And if you ever got that look from Pastor Ray, you know. I, I did. I was sitting there. I didn't say a word. But when parts were coming up, I, I, was, doing, I was doing this to Pastor Ray. I, I, but I didn't say a word. Folks, can I tell you, do you know why I... I find God in everything because I'm looking for Him. Do you know why I find strength in you? Because I'm looking for it. Just show up and I'll find your weakness. Oh, don't worry. If I just show up, you'll see my weakness. But I'm not looking for weakness. Jesus 
died for you because he prepared beforehand strengths in your life that he wants to make the cream of the crop. He wants to bring that fruit to the surface. And he gave me the privilege as your pastor to help you find that fruit, to help you find those gifts later for the work stuff. After you get saved, then you start doing good works that he prepared before. You gotta change your perspective. You gotta change your decisions. You gotta start believing that for you, God wants to do everything. Can somebody say amen? You see, the attitudes of life or faith are no more than the habits of thought that you have chosen to think. There's two things, Jeff, I want you to put on the screen real quick. The first thing is change your thought. Change your thought. Everything is not bad. Everyone isn't against you. Stop looking at it that way. Oh, you don't understand my boss. You don't understand my job. I don't have to. I understand you. And you're a wine baby. You're crying about all this stuff. Well, you know, I can't, I can't. You tell me, is that a Christian? Folks, I... Everything isn't bad. If you're in a bad situation, you may have put yourself right there. You may have done everything right and God allowed you to get there anyway. The whole world's not against you. Oh, it might seem that way. But you say, well, Pastor, it's pretty bad. Fine. If God's for you, who can be against you? It's not a, change your thought. When you're going through things, just say, okay, God, I'm going through it. I don't know why, but show me. The the second thing that I want you to do is change your attitude. Change your attitude. You will never do, be, seek, or see good if your attitude is bad. It ain't going to happen. I make it a habit of my life. I cannot tell you how many people say, Pastor, everybody's not like you. They can be. Because I'm no different than you. I just got more responsibility. I've just made a choice that a lot of people haven't made. And that's to look for the good in the midst of the bad. To look for the strength in the midst of the weakness. When the outlook looks bad, I keep my eyes looking up. You see, I know you believe God can. There's not a single person in here that doesn't believe that God can. But do you believe that for you, God will do what He said He would do? And if you believe that, start living like it. 
It might be bad right now, but start looking for the good. Start asking God, what are you trying to bring out of this thing? Charles Spurgeon, the prince of preachers, he said, God is too good to be unkind. He is too wise to be unjust. If you can't trace what his hand is doing, trust his heart that he loves you. That's where I live my life. That's why I can live a victorious Christian life. And you can too. Pastor Tim Masters with this week's message on the Destined to Win podcast. Destined to Win is made possible with the prayerful and financial support of those destined to win. To donate online, visit vlccaz.org. That's vlccaz.org. Destined to Win is a production of Victorious Life Christian Center with services Sunday mornings at 10 and Wednesday evenings at 6.30. Join us at 2615 East 7th Avenue across from Cal Ranch. I'm Joe Harden. From Pastor Tim Masters and the congregation at Victorious Life Christian Center, you're invited to join us here next week for another edition of the Destined to Win podcast.